Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the Meet the Entrepreneur podcast. This is Artin Zahiri, and I'm the co-host of this feature, along with Ramir Kashwani. Today we'll be interviewing Ben Smith, a co-living entrepreneur and the founder of Goalhouse NYC, a place to learn, grow, and achieve. All right, so um, I guess to start off the interview, Ben, do you want to just tell, uh, I guess, tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your background, and then also talk about uh, Goalhouse NYC? Awesome. Yeah. So thanks for having me on, guys. I uh, really appreciate it and always glad to connect with fellow, uh, fellow Babson people. So, uh, yeah, my name is Ben Smith. Uh, I grew up here in New York City, but I was adopted from China when I was a baby. And uh, yeah, I went, went to Babson College, graduated in 2016. And after graduation, um, you know, I had a couple different options, but I really wanted to focus on something that I was passionate about, you know, as, as most people do um, in a perfect world, at least. And while at Babson um, and through my life, I really was passionate about getting to know other people, specifically learning about people's backgrounds, um, you know, who or what experiences they had, what their values were uh, that made them who they are today. And while at Babson, I, had, you know, I was very fortunate to have had the experience of studying abroad in Madrid and really extensively traveled around Europe then and post Madrid, I, you know, I did some more extensive traveling and I found it just to be such a profound experience and me being able to meet and learn about other people from all different types of uh, cultures, countries, um, backgrounds, as, you know, as I mentioned before. And specifically while traveling, one thing really enabled me to do that successfully, to meet other people um, and, and learn about them in a way that I thought was really meaningful. And you know, the enabler there was staying in different hostels. So while traveling all across Europe, Asia, um, you know, a little bit of Latin America as well, I always opted to stay, in, to stay in a hostel. I remember the first hostel that I stayed in was in Rotterdam, which is a city near Amsterdam in, in the Netherlands. And right when I got there, I, I guess, you know, we, we as, as Americans, um, um, or, or yeah, I'm, I'm not sure actually about, about either of your backgrounds, but I know. I'm a, I was born here. I'm an American. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you know, both of us. Yeah. Yeah. So we as Americans, I mean, we're we're told in in uh, the news that hostels are grungy. Hostels are just you know cheap places to crash, and you know me being sort of cheap and and you know, consciously economically conscious at the time, I wanted to sit in a hostel to save money. But I got to this hostel in, in Rotterdam, and I thought it was amazing. Like, yes, I got a, an affordable place to stay. But then right when I walked through the door, the receptionist was the nicest person ever talking to me about the city of Rotterdam, giving me all of these tour experiences. Um, there were people hanging out in the, in the main kitchen common area. And I made some really cool um, friends there, some of which I'm still in contact with, at least on Facebook today. Um, and then after that first really great experience, you know, I went on to stay in over 20 different hostels uh, you know, over the course of just about a year and a half or so. Um, you know, one sort of interesting note is when I went to, uh, when, when I went on a trip to Berlin for just four nights, I stayed in three different hostels. And I just, and I stayed in three different hostels purely for the sake of meeting new people and also sort of um, seeing, okay, well, what makes a hostel good? What makes a hostel bad? Um, you know, what can I take away from that experience of, of trying different hostels? So anyway, that's some background. Um, and that led me to, to thinking, okay, well, I, I really liked traveling, I really specifically liked um, the vision of what a hostel uh, created in terms of community. 
how can I put these two things together and, and apply this to the New York market? So at the same time, you know, I graduated, I moved back to New York. I applied to a couple big firms, like big tech firms, uh, you know, like Facebook and Google, uh, had final round interviews, didn't, didn't go, uh, you know, did, didn't get them. And so I was looking for new opportunities and WeWork had just launched WeLive. And it was all over the news at the time. And this new word or term, um, you know, co-living was starting to, to emerge. Uh, and it was emerging as this new trendy industry that, that lots of the big real estate players were talking about. So I looked at all of the different articles of WeLive and there were a few other uh, companies mentioned. Common was a big one um, that was in most of the articles. And then in every, every now and again, I would see this small company mentioned and the company was called Founder House. And me being you know, an entrepreneurial person and having gone to Babson, that name and, and this entrepreneurial spirit really attracted me. So instead of applying to We, we Live and Common, uh, just you know, to, to be an employee, uh, I focused all of my intention on, on getting in, into contact with the founder of Founder House. So I sent uh, 10 emails cold to the, to the info at founder.house email and eventually got in contact with James. Um, you know, he's the original CEO and, and original founder. And he and another, another uh, guy, Justin, had just launched Founder House about a year prior and, you know, had lunch with James, ultimately... You know, that went really well and, and ultimately came on as the first, uh, first official em employee um, and, and was the head of growth there. And then after about a year, also, is this too long of a background? Or? No, th this is great. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm doing like so, a full story. I, yeah, can, yeah. I can wrap it up in like th two minutes. No, 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 that's good. But I just wanted to ask you, so this yeah. was uh, um, like immediately after you had graduated from Babson? Is that the yes. timeline? Okay, yep. cool. Yeah. So yeah, I'm still in New York. I just started working uh, for Founder House maybe like two months after graduation. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I was, I was technically the first employee, but I, I definitely sort of saw myself as, as a partner in the firm, um, wanting to see this thing through to the end uh, or, or beyond and really trying to make an impact in the way that people live. So, uh, you know, James and I, uh, you know, James, Justin, and I, we were working on Founder House. And then, um, you know, we had some organizational shifts, structural shifts in, in startups as, as things, you know, in startup land uh, you know, always happen. And about a year later, James and I uh, had, had a lot of discussions about sort of the future of the company and how we, you know, we were mainly focused on, you know, how can we take this to the next level? You know, as an entrepreneur, you're always thinking about, okay, well, we're here now, where are we going next? And, and what's our ultimate vision? And we knew what our ultimate vision was. You know, we, we wanted to fundamentally change the way that people, that people lived and connected with each other. And we thought that housing would be the best way to, um, to bring people together. And that was our ultimate vision. But of course, like, there's a million steps in between to get there. So, you know, one thing that we, we sort of saw as a limiting factor was the Founder House brand being a very, very much an entrepreneurial focused brand was, was tough in terms of marketing, in terms of scaling, in terms of uh, you know, market size. Um, so after talking to some of our advisors and, and other people and putting out feelers in the market, 
we ultimately decided, okay, we need to change the direction of the company. We need to rebrand, um, sort of change the corporate entity, um, the structure. And at that point in 2017, that's when, uh, you know, I came on as a co-founder of the new company, Tribe Co-Living. Um, you know, we just call it Tribe. And uh, yeah, and then I, you know, I was with Tribe as, as the president of the company um, for most of the time, but you know, I also served as, uh, as CEO for uh, just under a year as well. And then, uh, yeah, you know, with, with Tribe, it was a really interesting experience. We, we've now served over a thousand uh, members, which is, which is a cool benchmark. Actually, I think quite a bit more than that. Um, and yeah, definitely, definitely was a, a great learning experience. And I think that we also provided a really valuable product in the market. Um, that being said, you know, operationally, I think co-living is just an intense, uh, an immensely complicated operation uh, in terms of making sure that people are comfortable, making sure that marketing and sales is, is going smoothly, making sure that maintenance and building upkeep is uh, all, all taken care of. All of those things put together takes up a lot of time. And, and ultimately, you know, as one of the founders of the company, and, you know, and James alike, we're, we're very much vision-focused people. And we wanted to fundamentally change the way that people thought about living and the way that people would connect with each other. Um, we were not so much focused on changing the lights you know, at 2 a.m. Or, or like making sure that people cleaned up after themselves in the kitchen or the bathroom or something like that. And I think that that's where the, that's where the, the divide I think was in terms of how we thought about co-living and how co-living actually ended up being on a weekly or daily basis. So anyway, you know, after working on Tribe for uh, two years, then, uh, then we did some more cor corporate shifts as, as well, um, restructuring. Uh, actually, I should mention that, I should mention regarding the growth of Tribe. So we ultimately grew Tribe to seven properties in New York and two properties in San Francisco. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I was, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, let, let me just go back. So we, we grew tribe ultimately to seven properties in New York and two, two properties in San Francisco, uh, managing over 240 members or so uh, over 250. And, and yeah, it was, it was at that point that we realized like, like growing co-living is going to be difficult and we need to really focus on, on customer experience, making sure that we have a core product here that people are willing to invest, uh, invest in, in terms of their time commitment to, to living with us. Um, and yeah, in that time as well, that's when we decided, okay, we're going to do some restructuring uh, James came back as the CEO of the company because we sort of learned that the New York market was going to be a little bit too difficult. We were managing seven smaller properties and ultimately the decision was made to relocate the company headquarters to San Francisco. And at that point, that's when I also left and started a new company. So we're almost uh, to the end of the story, but uh, yeah, so for the last year and a half now I've been running this new independent communal house. It's called Gold House, New York City or NYC. And uh, yeah, we're just 
a one-off communal house. We have 20 people living in the house. It's a five-story Brooklyn townhouse. And the, the mission and purpose here is just to be a place where people can come to learn, grow, and achieve uh, together. And we, you know, we have lots of diverse members here, lots of people coming from different countries, different, back, different backgrounds, but everyone's working on, on different things, you know, whether that's in the creative space, whether that's in, in more traditional industries. We, we think that people here are, or in an ideal world, everyone here has some sort of passion or interest and the, the culmination of everyone can help empower each other um, to continue growing as a person. So that's what we do here and it's been a year and a half now. Awesome, thanks Ben, uh, I really appreciate the rundown. So uh, you mentioned that the co-living market in New York City was more difficult to operate in than San Francisco, which is why uh, Tribe relocated their headquarters in San Francisco. So with that, knowing that, what was the reason you decided to stay in New York and continue to do co-living in New York City? Yeah, so I mean, first and, and first off, I would just say I, I love New York. I grew up here in the city, and uh, I don't imagine myself ever not being, you know, not having a home base in New York. So that was for sure a very strong driver. In terms of the difficulty of operations of of co-living in New York, the main thing is that there are just so many options in New York, uh, specifically because the subway is so expansive, which is great for the city, but your margins just get, uh, you know, just get really run down because whereas in San Francisco, you have a finite number of, of finite inventory on the market um, and you have the BART train, which is good, but it's limited in terms of what, what area it's able to cover. In New York, all you need to do if you want to save an extra hundred or $200 is you know, just go an extra subway stop you know, on the train. So, um, you know, we were competing against Facebook sublets. We were competing against Craigslist sublets. We were competing against the other co-living companies in New York. And at this point, there's, there's a lot of them. And, uh, you know, at that point, we were so focused on making sure that we were doing interviews, making sure that we were doing house tours, that we couldn't focus on the vision that we had for, for co-living. Um, so... So yeah, ultimately, you know, James, you know, James made that decision, but James decided that, that, you know, the, the company focus for Tribe would really only be possible in the San Francisco market, at least in the near term. Got it. Thanks. So what exactly is your, let's say like your three to five year plan for Go House? Is it kind of continue to, to get this one location, keep this one location and do it really well? Or do you have plans for expansion either into, either within New York or into other cities? Yeah, so for Goal House, you know, I, I used to consider myself definitely a startup guy. And I, I still consider myself um, an entrepreneurial person. But I'm currently not living the startup life. I currently am more of a solo entrepreneur, a solopreneur, uh, just a small business owner. And my three to five year plan is just to, um, you know, or, or I'd say one to five year plan is just to continue managing the house. Um, my, my goal here at Goal House is to just continue to foster community, to continue empower, to empower people to meet each other. Um, to have conversations and dialogue and to learn from from those experiences. So, you know, with one house and me living in the house, it's very manageable to do that. 
you know, I, I, I help facilitate the house dinners here. I, I do all the, uh, you know, marketing interviews. Um, another person in the house helps as well. And my goal here is just to make the experience as, as best as possible. And I think that we've seen in the market that, you know, that value proposition has, has been, uh, has been recognized, you know, when, when COVID hit in March, you know, we definitely saw a couple unexpected move outs for, to be exact of people either losing their jobs or internships and having to move out of the city unexpectedly. But now we're, we're going to be completely full again in one week. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And just as a small independent operator, I think that that speaks, um, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty loudly to, to what we're doing here. Uh, if you look at the other co-living websites right now, they're offering like one month free, they're offering, you know, tons of discounts. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, lots of these co-living companies are offering, they, they are offering a service. I think that service is more so focused on furnished living as opposed to community living. And furnished living at the end of the day, in my in my opinion, as you know, as as a former a startup operator in the space, is that furniture living will be commodified at the end of the day. You know, anyone can buy West Elm furniture and put it into an apartment and rent out that apartment or that bedroom or whatever it is. There's no differentiator there, um, other than yeah, there's no differentiator there other than like the furniture style. So. Uh, the only way to differentiate yourself, in my opinion, in the space, and it's also the most difficult way, is through community. Um, and the problem that lies with you know in there is that to market community uh, to market community effectively, and to put a price tag in community is is complicated and it's not understood uh, quite yet. Got it. Thank you. Interesting. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about that caught my interest when you were describing your background, um, you said like right, right out of Babson, you reached out to Founder House a bunch of times, cold emailed, and then eventually um, they onboarded you and you started off as head of growth. Yes. How did it, how did it feel at like such a young and like at the very beginning of your, uh, you know, professional career to have a position, albeit at a small startup, but still a startup that was gaining traction, um, with such a high level of responsibility and, and what was that experience like? Yeah. So, uh, it, it was an empowering feeling. It was an empowering experience. Um, I definitely think that my experiences as, you know, as a leader at a company just gave me enormous learning potential, um, you know, over, over the, the three and a half years or so, um, you know, being a leader at a small startup is, you know, not to say that you don't learn at a larger company like a Google, like a Facebook, like a Yelp, like a, any type of these companies. Um, it's more so that you learn a very, very specific skill. So whether that's, I'll just say Google Analytics or Facebook Analytics to, to give a concrete example versus me, you know, I, I am learning about marketing and I am learning about paid, paid marketing, but I'm also learning about uh, community management, talking to people. Uh, making sure facilitating uh, facilitating any roommate issues or challenges um, talking to real estate developers on a regular basis uh, cold cold emailing brokers real estate developers again um, having meetings with pretty important individu individuals in the new york in the new york scene 
So, I mean, I think that there's, there's certainly a balance between spreading yourself too, too thin across so many different channels and, and, and things that you can do. But then there's also a point where like, if you do go into a more traditional route into, um, you know, a larger firm, uh, you sort of miss the chance to learn what you truly are passionate about doing. Um, and maybe you hit it on the nail the first time and, and you get lucky and what you do the, your first job out of college uh, is meant for you, but, uh, but maybe it's not. Um, and I, I was fortunate to have had the experience to uh, you know, try everything out with one position. So that was nice. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it was, uh, definitely. Now, this next question might not be as relevant now because you mentioned that um, you guys are about to be full, but, um, you know, to those who are thinking about, or those who are um, either thinking about moving to New York or are going to move to New York shortly, what kind of candidate makes a good housemate at Goal House and um, what's, what's the process like? Yeah, great question. So um, our, our website and marketing ourselves as a communal house does a good job in filtering people. So if someone hears about communal living and hears about our website, uh, they'll either know that they're interested in this or they'll know that this is probably not the right fit for them. Um, but to give you more concrete things about, about what we look for in a person, first and foremost, that they're just nice and respectable uh, and respectful. Yeah. Making sure that they're conscientious of other people, making sure that they understand that Good communication is paramount in any relationship, especially a roommate relationship. Uh, so first and foremost, just those, that's like the bare minimum, the, the, the basic or the baseline that needs to be met. And then right above that, uh, right next is um, that they're passionate about something. You, you, we want people that, they don't have to have everything figured out by any means, but we want people that have aspirations that are doing things that they enjoy doing. Um, if they're not doing something that, that they are too fond of, that's totally fine if they recognize that. And we are here, you know, the 19 other roommates are here to support them in that. Um, we have uh, a woman here living in the house right now and she's, uh, you know, she's um, changing jobs soon to something that she's really excited about, but it is a less stable opportunity. But for her to have us as roommates saying like, well, this is, this is really cool that you're taking this and we admire your courage in, in, in taking this opportunity. Uh, you know, I think that that makes it easier for her to feel comfortable and confident in what she's doing. And also, you know, if it doesn't go well to know that we're here to, to support her if, if uh, there is any, uh, there, there are any uncertainties in the future, so. Yeah, it's wonderful, great to hear. Um, Last question uh, before uh, we'll let you go. Go House is located in Brooklyn. Uh, how would you describe the neighborhood and the atmosphere um, pre-COVID and how is it right now? And what, what exactly, what stage is it right now as uh, the pandemic kind of got really bad in New York, but I'm hearing it's getting better. Yeah, so, you know, New York is an interesting place where I think New Yorkers get a, a bad rap for just being like, really tough and, and sort of unfriendly. But at the same time, I think that there's a baseline level of respect that people all adhere to, adhere to in New York. And I think that we see that in Brooklyn, especially because Brooklyn is, is just so diverse um, in terms of culture, race, socioeconomic background, um, just each neighborhood is completely different as well. So, I mean, 
we definitely saw the streets completely empty, completely barren in, in early, or I guess in March and April, and, and I guess most of June as well. Um, sort of time is, is up to, yeah. up to like, <laughs> it all out these days. But, but now we're in phase four, and restaurants now all have uh, outdoor seating. Where I, where I live, uh, bars as well have some like cool stools and and cool like hardware like wooden wooden hard uh, setups that they that they made, and yeah, I, I think that it's gonna. I, I think that like the community here is is opening up and and it feels good. It feels good, but I guess you know we'll, we'll sort of have to wait and see. Um, you know the consequence of that. Like everyone seems like they're in good spirits though, uh, for the most part. That's great. Great to hear that. Um, Ramir, any last questions on your end? You know, you, um, you touched a little bit on, um, like what makes a good housemate. Um, I'm curious to know what else, uh, do you value in the community, you know, that you're kind of building with Cole house? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Uh, so this is something I think about, you know, on, on a daily basis, but, (laughs) Making sure that there's a good balance, I think, is something that is easier said than done. And just because it's a nuanced, it's a nuanced thing. Uh, but having a good mix of men and women in the house, having a good mix of uh, people coming from different backgrounds, you know, ethnic backgrounds, um, cultural backgrounds as well. Uh, you know, just to to sort of think about the house right now. You know, over, I think over. 70% of people in the house are, are people of color. Um, I think 40% of the house is uh, people from outside of the US. And the industries are you know, wide, wide reaching. Like, you know, we have an urban planner, we have a medical MRI researcher at NYU. Uh, we have a, a game developer. We have a couple people um, you know, that work in tech as, uh, as you know, computer engineer uh, or software engineers, I'd say. And, uh, you know, that's sort of just the tip of the iceberg. So um, that in conjunction with putting together a structure that facilitates conversations between people is really important. You know, it doesn't just start with the interview process. I mean, it, it starts with the interview process, but that's just the start. And then after the interview process and after they move in, we want to make sure that they're given a comfortable place to live first and foremost, but then also a place that is going to be a great catalyst in them um, meeting new people and progressing in their lives. So that's things like doing fun dinners where we talk about uh, different topics. We have GH talks, which is our version of a, you know, a 10 minute style Ted talk where, uh, you know, people will talk about a thing that something that they're passionate about or something that they're learning about. Um, And, you know, there's not an expectation to be an expert in these things, but it's a great way to practice public speaking. It's a great way to just share with other housemates. So providing this, this balance of great roommates, interesting roommates, and then also just a little bit of structure, um, a little bit of structure to help people get out of the rooms and to feel comfortable, uh, you know, feel comfortable and, and make it sort of seem like, you know, we are part of this greater house family. Sounds like a wonderful place to live, if I say so. Yeah, well, you're welcome, to, uh, you're welcome to come move in. <laughs> <laughs> next time you're uh, next time you're thinking about moving to New York or moving in New York. Yeah, I definitely sure. will be on my radar if I ever go to the other side of the of the yeah. US. Yeah. <laughs> nice. 
All right. Uh, thanks a lot, Ben. Really appreciate it again. It's so, so interesting to, to talk to you and hear about your experiences and, and, and the really unique and interesting community you've built at Goal House. So um, definitely looking forward to, to following you guys and, and seeing what's uh, seeing how you guys progress. Awesome. Well, yeah, really appreciate you guys uh, reaching out and you know, always happy to help uh, if anything else comes up in the future. All right. Perfect. Have a good one. All right. See you, Have a good one.